Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Giants podcast for Giants fans. Bye, Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dotino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one Giants step, step. Welcome in one giant step and we have one giant offseason now officially ready to get going. It's Sean Morash, of course, with Paul Dottino here at Moraz CBS at Giants WFAN where you can find us. Yes, and remember, you can download, subscribe anywhere podcasts are available, including free on the Odyssey app. Yes, free. On the Odyssey app, just search One Giant Step, hit subscribe, bing, bing, and there we are. Every time a new episode pops up, we will appear on your phone. Paul, hello. How are you? I like how you did the bing, bing, man. That sounds good. Maybe you got a future as a video game audio guy. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to channel the old Chris Berman on primetime. We'll do a little that, but a bing, bing. There you go. Go with that. And uh, and away we go. All right, Paul, obviously the details of Daniel Jones' contract are out. A lot of that we pretty much were spot on for the most part on Friday. I, I, I guess, geez, what day? today's Friday, whatever day that was, Tuesday. Uh, and away we go. So he's under contract. They can get out of it after year two with some dead cap should things go awry. But right. ultimately they have some financial flexibility. And that could include even, even a little moving of money as early as next year should they be in that scenario. We say that because... Joe Shane met the media after Daniel Jones met the media, setting up what is ahead for free agency. Before I get into some of the things things Shane said and what the team needs to do, to me, it was obvious. It was going to be Jones or Saquon who gets the tag. Saquon has the tag. We'll see down the road whether he agrees to play on the tag. But the Giants do have another team captain that is now available that was not in consideration for the tag because of how important Jones and Barkley are, and that is safety Julian Love, who – Prior to this year under Brian Dable, had a lot of value to the team, got the nickname under Joe Judge's duct tape, could play corner, could play nickel, could play any spot in the safety room. He was a true leader this year, you know, even had to turn around and play a little bit out of position on where they thought he was going to play when McKinney went down. He has been a do-everything guy for the Giants. I mean, he is emblematic of what you dream of getting in the fifth round. And here he is on the verge of free agency. There are safeties available. Uh, you know, We might even tackle the guy the Giants are being linked to a little bit. As it stands right now, Paul, we really haven't heard a lot. Do you think Julian Love is back on this team next year? I don't think he's going to make it. 
I think that Julian wow. made wow. it very clear that, uh, you know, he was like to cash in. He was on a rookie contract and being a, a bit of a lower level draft pick, he was not making a whole ton of money. In fact, in terms of safeties in the league, he was uh, very, very low. And so the Giants got a bargain with him. And I think that he's going to be looking for numbers that will make up what he believes he earned over the last couple of seasons, in addition to being a premier type safety who can play so many different roles in your defense. Consequently, I think there's a team out there that's going to offer him the kinds of numbers he's looking for. And I think, I don't know this, but I believe that he's looking for something in the nine to $10 million a year range, which would put him in the upper third uh, echelon of safeties in the league. I don't think the giants want to pay that much for the spot, given that they're going to have to do with uh, Xavier McKinney, uh, you know, very shortly, another year or two, they're going to have to give him another deal and he's going to be paid as a Pro Bowl player. Yeah, Julian Love is a very good player. He's a very versatile player, but he's not a Pro Bowl player, Sean. I and agree. the Giants are not going to pay two Pro Bowl salaries at that position. It will not happen. It, that is fascinating, Paul. I mean, obviously, maybe the lack of news is bad news. So, obviously, myself and other Giant fans like Julian Love a lot. You'd like Julian Love back on the team, but these are the finances of football as you bring up. If he wants to get paid like a top flight safety, you know, the Giants just can't pay out of everybody out of loyalty and go, all right, you want this? We want this. I mean, that's not how you're going to build a football team. We all sat here, watched this team a year ago, thought they might have overachieved a little bit, loved the coaching, ended up seeing so much growth from these players. But ultimately, if you want to see the team get better, that doesn't mean the good players you already have all get paid at the top of their position because how are you going to be able to improve the team elsewhere? And if that might be the case here with Julian Love in the safety room. And if he wants to get paid $9, $10 million a year, you know, there's already another name that, that's potentially on the block here, Jordan Poyer, who has some familiarity with Joe Shane up in Buffalo. I mean, how much more could he possibly cost than Julian Love? So if you're going to pay he's that kind of— He's looking for twelve. He's looking for $12 million a year, though. Okay, but so if he's looking for twelve, if I'm paying Julian Love $10 million a year— why wouldn't I pay Jordan Poyer then $12 million a year? I don't see Poyer coming in here. I think the Giants are very happy with Belton and Pinnock as two young safeties yeah. who showed them something last year. And I think that, you know, when Joe Shane at the Combine said that there's going to be a large safety market of veterans who are going to pop free over the next several weeks, I think what he's trying to tell you is that He's looking for an economically friendly safety as yeah. an insurance policy in case one of those youngsters does not step forward as a starter. I just don't think he wants to put that much money into the spot. Paul, so for the record, I'm with you. I'm just talking about somebody they were you know, linked to. My point was, if you were going to pay Julian Love that kind of money, oh. well, then you might as well just go all in and get the actual better Pro Bowl player for $2 million more a year. And you brought up Xavier McKinney, which is a great point. And I, I love using the term, and it's kind of a crutch around this time, allocation of resources. Yeah. This team, you have to think, views McKinney, who was a second-round pick, who clearly has, like, real star potential to position, got derailed this year. You have to think he learns from his mistake, the ATV accident and everything that happened with it. But if you plan on and you figure 
at a minimum, you're going to give him the franchise tag next year if you have to. But if you plan on him being a long-term guy that you're going to have to pay high money at that position, you can't have two guys at the safety position making that kind of money because, you know, you need to fill out the roster. Other, You know, the money needs to be spread out in these different positions. So if Julian Love's looking for that money, then I agree with you. Also, we keep talking about, and Joe Shane keeps talking about, building through the draft. Building through the drafts. You don't have to overpay in free agency. Well, Building through the draft is said what building through the draft actually does means when you draft these guys outside of your first round pick, you know, you need to find starters throughout the draft. And you just mentioned Dane Belton, Dane Belton, similarly taken like Julian Love was many years ago. He right off the bat missed all of camp with a collarbone injury, comes back, ends up playing significant defensive snaps. I mean, we had talked about him early on one giant step uh, when the season started. Then when McKinney went down, he saw his role reduced a bit, but you would think not that he needs to be handed a starting safety job. That's the kind of pick a la Daniel Bellinger at tight end, eventually Cordell Flott here at corner, where you're taking these guys with the hopes of, if you're good at drafting, them becoming starters so you don't have to overpay at other positions. That is correct. And what happens is that youthful player becomes a value player as he progresses in his career, matures, improves, works his way into the starting lineup. And, and and let's not kid ourselves, Sean, okay? Again, Julian Love, versatile, can play either safety spot, can play in, in the nickel, he can play the rover, he can do the slot. He's got a lot of skills. I don't want to diminish his value. But here's the thing, and, and many GMs will cite this very, very historic saying since the cap came into being, you can't pay good players great money. It's that simple. Yeah, I, and that's how you get burned. That's how you end up in salary cap hell. Uh, so I'm with you. Uh, I hadn't heard, you know, what Love was looking for. If that's what he's looking for, it's a little disappointing. And I don't know that that's what he wants, but yeah, I yeah, get no. the impression that I totally he get is looking to to make sure his wallet is full. It That will be the classic player, Paul, that will feel like a disappointment not to have him back on the team. But if you're really thinking smartly about how to build a football team, it's the right play. It's the right play not to overpay him like he's a great player. It just, it is. It's unfortunate, but that's that's the right play. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, pivoting over to what I think is the Giants' number one need this offseason, Paul. And look, they clearly have multiple needs. Inside linebacker, some more corner depth and everything. But it is so clear. I mean, the question was asked at Daniel Jones' press conference, even to Daniel himself. You know, when you had the negotiation, was any promise made to you about upgrading these targets and upgrading the weapons? I mean, it's the one thing that we've all argued about as fans, at least, at nauseum. Daniel Jones doesn't have that guy the way other quarterbacks have that guy. They tried with Galladay. They tried with Tony. It didn't work out. How do the Giants solve that room? Now, there's going to be two schools of thought here, Paul. I am clearly somebody who's gone, you know, all in now in studying all the top flight receivers in this draft. Those receivers have something in common, a label you like to call Smurfs. Most of the first-round talents are 5'10 and shorter guys. I mean, even Jackson Smith and Jigba, everybody loves him at Ohio State. That is a guy who's going to be basically a power slot type of player. Uh, They have stated, the Giants have that, and and Joe Shane was asked, I think by a fan in that press conference, that the drafting of Wondell Robinson last year wouldn't prohibit them from drafting another shorter wide receiver. But the fact remains, if you're looking to upgrade the wide receiver room and you're looking for that, you know, that big weapon on the outside, those aren't really the number one first round picks. They're more of the shorter guys here, Paul, which leads us to ask, there will be veteran wide receivers who are number ones in their spots maybe in some rebuilds or elsewhere that are going to become available, whether it's via trade or eventually cut. Where do you think the Giants go for addressing their number one wide receiver? Do you think it's that route or do you think they stick to the draft board? Well, you know, I'd love to see them grab Tillman out of Tennessee in the second round. If there's any way he falls to 57. Now talking to people at the combine, they're not so sure he could make it that far down. Okay. So do the Giants potentially maybe move up? to go get him because now they have that extra fifth round pick in the compensatory that we fully expected them to get. Right. Uh, uh, You know, that would be a potential move for me. I would certainly consider that move. Again, I'm talking personally here as I survey the giant situation. Now there are potential guys on the market. It's not a great free agent market, but for example, DJ Chark was released by the lions. You could sign him right now. He's a former 1,000-yard receiver. He's got terrific speed. He's got the ability to get some yards after the catch. He is viewed as somewhat of a deep threat, and he certainly has height at 6'4". If you wanted to go to somebody familiar to these guys, Robert Woods had time with the Bills. Uh, Not as big a receiver. He's a 6-footer. But that would feel disappointing, probably, Paul. If they open next year, Robert Woods is the number one wide receiver. That would feel disappointing. He's an well, he's an accomplished player. For me, Robert Woods is more of a supplemental guy. I would still try to draft somebody like Tillman and right. add Woods as a back end of the depth chart guy, but gotcha. a guy who could okay. enhance the wide receiver room. Now, well, that, that's Paul. You bring up a good point. Not to interrupt, but. Did, they I need at least two. Right. The job isn't done by getting one guy. Right. Exactly. You right. need to improve the room. And who knows when Wondell Robinson becomes available to even be your number two and they have Isaiah Hodgins. So even if even if you think Robinson is ready week one, you got to okay. think Robinson, Hodgins, who are the other two guys? Okay. I'm going to give you a few other names to keep an eye out for. Adam Thielen just got cut by the Vikings. Yeah. Now, yeah. we know he has hands of glue. You talk about dropsies on this team. You wouldn't have them if Adam Thielen was here. 
Now, his production, and certainly he's be, has gone down a little bit the last few years. He's more of a possession receiver than he is a deep threat, but I think he could help the Giants receiving core. Robbie Anderson is out there. I know we just changed his name, but he's still going to be Robbie to me. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who's had some attitude issues, but he's got speed. He's got height. He can take the top off of a defense. I'd be right, intrigued because so, I don't think he'd get a lot of money. I'd be intrigued by Robbie Anderson in this room. I'm all right, right, there's a guy that I would put on my radar. I would also put uh, DeAndre Hopkins on my radar if you were willing to make a trade. That's the he sexy one. He is my favorite pick. Yeah. I personally would see if I could pry Hopkins off the Cardinals. There's a lot of rumors that the Cowboys are looking hard at him. I believe that. I think Hopkins has a lot left. And he can be that X receiver, the alpha on yeah. the outside, and, and can be what Galladay was supposed to be and what Plexico Burris was for the Giants years ago. The other names that I'm looking at as guys who could potentially help this receiver room, Alan Lazard uh, from the Packers, Mac Hollins from the Raiders, Noah Brown from the Cowboys. All three of those guys have pretty good speed. They all have some size. And Nick Westbrook, uh, Ikine from the Titans, Titans yeah. is, is another guy, not necessarily the fastest guy, but if you look at his production, his yards per catch was about 16 per reception. And, yeah. and, and that's something the Giants could certainly use. So those would be guys that I probably would have on my radar. And I know earlier in the offseason, a lot of people said, well, T Higgins is going to get traded by the and Bengals. Not I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I'm with you. If I'm them, I'm not dealing with and, so by, we'll and by the way, Paul, just to throw a couple out there, those are the names we know, the free agency is available, and we know Hopkins will probably be traded. Uh, and before I ask you a follow-up on Hopkins, I just want to throw a couple other ones that have been kind of softly rumored as their teams try to figure out their caps the next couple of days that could be moved in trades. First of all, the Bucks in total blow-up mode. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are two names to keep an eye on trade-wise as the Bucks have no choice but to start clearing cap space. They are still like 30 mil over the cap, and they are basically going into a year where they're going to look like they're tanking. So remember, right. those two Bucks receivers, good players, guys to keep your eyes on. Rams trying to shop Allen Robinson. That's a hefty number. He basically did nothing. Felt like a lost year there. I could be intrigued by that uh, a little bit. And then also, he's tweeting through his feels and has ties to Joe Shane, Stefan Diggs right now in Buffalo, who basically tweeted something, hey, it's just all about business right now. He might have been asked to take a pay cut. We haven't gotten that full story. And who knows? I mean, things in Buffalo seem really odd right now, right? I mean, they, they seem to be in a little bit of cap trade. So you never know. You just never know if a guy like that becomes available and you have Joe Shane, who was part of a, you know, a front office that brought that guy in to help Josh Allen. So there will be names. So I, I say that, and Hopkins could obviously be the big one to say, Joe Shane is going to play this smart. But at the same time, he also is a guy who is smart around the league and looks around the league and sees what teams have done. The Dolphins became instantly credible in contenders last year after adding Tyree Kill to that wide receiver room. He knows what happened in Buffalo when they added Stephon Diggs. That team completely took over. We saw the Eagles make the jump from wildcard loser to Super Bowl team. A.J. Brown was such a monster part of that. Do you think that Joe Shane sees that, understands that, and maybe would be more prone, to, not a first-rounder clearly, but to move a draft pick to make sure that Daniel Jones, who he just invested in, is taken care of with a real number one wide receiver? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of angles to that answer. Joe Shane is telling people publicly, and it certainly could be a smokescreen, that he doesn't think getting an alpha wide receiver is a necessity. He says it's overplayed, and there's a lot of hype given to that spot that 
you know, if you look at what Brian Dable has had over the course of his career, he hasn't always had an alpha receiver. Of course, he's got an alpha running back in Saquon Barkley now, which he never had as an offensive coordinator either. So to me, that doesn't preclude the fact that you get him one. So, so if you'll follow me on that, that's what Shane is saying. I do believe that based on his experience in Buffalo, you can see how Diggs made the Bills a Super Bowl contender. He raised them a whole nother notch. He did for Josh Allen what Plexigo Burris did for Eli Manning. So I still believe in my heart of hearts, you've got to get yourself an alpha receiver for Daniel Jones, who you've now committed to. Now, the other part to this thing, and I think I think this is also important to, to keep note. The Giants, as, as this offense is constructed, okay, we don't know exactly how Kafka is going to continue to evolve this team. Is right. he going to decide to throw more to Barkley? You know, Xavier McKinney gave an interview during the offseason with one of those players' website interview uh, shows. Uh, okay. Sean, you're familiar with those. Yes. And he repeated something that I've been telling you now since back in July. What happened to all those pass routes for Barkley? We saw him in the slot. We saw him outside. McKinney even said, I don't know what happened to all that stuff that we ran out in training camp. It never showed up. Well, you heard that from me for months. Right. Yeah. I wonder, what is Kafka thinking? What are What's Dable thinking? Are they really believing that if they bring Barkley back on a on a multi-year deal, or a, a, look, he's he's tagged, he's coming back anyway. But are they thinking that he is going to be a much bigger component to the passing game than he was this past year? I really was shocked that he wasn't. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Yeah, but, but Paul, thing, Paul, just before you finish the other point, just know this: yeah. that's fine, and Barkley can come back as a bigger passing component. That doesn't that doesn't mean that that's going to please anybody in the fan base. And also, I got to oh, get that. And I got to think a lot of the stuff they ran in camp that they did hold back. I don't think they held it back. Going, hey, eventually we'll get to it in twenty twenty three. I think they probably held it back because they had so many different revolving door situations at wide receiver that they had no choice but to adjust and say, well, we can't, we just simply can't run this with the personnel we have now. Oh, I agree. I don't think they held stuff back for twenty for twenty four or twenty three. That would be stupid. Uh, right. I, I agree. I think the circumstances and the situation prompted them to hold stuff back. But my point to you is that if Barkley's going to be more involved in the passing game and the tight end is going to be more involved in the passing game, is it possible that the Giants' leading receiver, much like the days when Phil Sims was here and Mark Bavaro was his leading receiver, and what we know Kansas City's done with Kelsey, he is their leading receiver. Is it possible? that Shane shies away from getting an alpha receiver and decides that the tight end position is going to be the alpha receiver in the passing game. And maybe with all the depth at tight end in this draft, specifically at receiving tight ends in this draft, like a Kincaid, does he go after somebody like that who winds up catching 90 passes and the wide receiver room winds up having deflated numbers because they're throwing to the tight end. It's possible if you try to go 2011 New England style where your tight ends are your biggest weapons. I mean, I, I guess it's entirely possible, right? I mean, I, and I trust Dable and Shane to make that right move. I personally, personally, and this is just me, I understand Mayer and Kincaid and these guys could fall right in line for where the Giants are picking late there. And they might be better than the wide receiver. So I get that. I am starting to view the tight end rooms 
a lot like the running back rooms. Just look at the star tight ends in this league. A lot of them are drafted in mid-round situations where you could find those guys. And not that I think Bellinger's the end-all, be-all, but you know, if you gave me another Daniel Bellinger, soft hands, everything like that, I like those kind of tight ends. But that's me. If they're going to run an offense and have some kind of weapon where, uh, you know, Kincaid or whatever becomes Jimmy Graham in his prime, then fine. If that's what they do. Then that's, <laughs> exactly. Then that's fine. And, I get and again, Sean, I won't hate. You. I won't hate it, but I have my reservations about using first-round picks on tight ends. I, I, I'm with you. I'd rather enhance the receiving room and get an alpha receiver. I'm simply giving you the possibilities because I don't think we can ignore it. Yeah, and that's fine. And now, Paul, and again, we're going to have a little reaction once news starts coming in during the legal tampering period next week on the next one giant step. Let's just look ahead now to free agency and the legal tampering. So we talked a little bit about wide receiver and how they may view it. And I think we're both in lockstep that we think probably via trade slash draft pick. And if they add anybody free agency, it'll be in the low cost variety. I don't know that they're going to go big game spending. Joe Shane said in his press conference, now at least those tier two or three guys, maybe you can actually dip in and pay. And he specifically yeah. mentioned, you know, the $2 million, $2.5 million mark, which I like that answer. You know, kind of sign those guys instead of the total bottom of the barrel guys. The truth is the team has a lot of holes. They will look to address those holes. I, I have my answer here. I'm curious your answer. What position when legal tampering starts, because they're going to make a signing, whether it's big money or not, within those first couple days, do you think, you know, gets addressed here pretty quickly? My belief, I think they're going to end up with one of these inside linebackers. Where do you fall? I think it will be either the inside linebacker spot or the defensive tackle spot, because defensive tackle is also not a very deep class in this upcoming draft. And Shane flat out came out and said, we need to do a better job stopping the run. And those two positions are thin in the draft. So it makes sense to me if he really wants to enhance one of those two spots, he's probably going to make a quick strike in free agency. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. And for those who haven't really followed, um, you know, Paul, Paul mentioned the D tackle spot, but at least free agency was a lot of inside linebackers are getting cut. Some will be richer than others, you know, a la Bobby Wagner. Then you're talking about an Eric Kendricks out of Minnesota. So there could be a quote unquote sexy name that doesn't really have an enormous, enormous, you know, big, big ticket cap hit, but still will come with, you know, a decent two, three year deal, something like that. And that's kind of the route I think the Giants will, will go. I think we will get somebody that the fan base is excited about. But I don't think they're going to double digits of millions unless it's some kind of crazy, awesome wide receiver that became available, Paul. Yeah, I would totally agree. Now, now I'll, I'll give you a couple of names that I think may be too rich, although because there are a number of interior defensive linemen, I'm going to go there because you, you said there's some linebackers, and there are, but the defensive linemen, I, I really would love to see Davlin Tomlinson come back. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I don't. It's amazing. But, it's amazing that he's going to be gone from Minnesota already. Felt like he left yesterday. I, tell me about it. Uh, I love Javon Hargrave of the Eagles, and we know the Eagles are absolutely crushed by the cap. They've got to have a, a whole plethora of players leaving their team. I don't think the Giants would get Hargrave. I think he's too pricey. I think he's going to want a guaranteed starting job. The Giants can't give him that. But uh, how about David Onyemata from the Saints? I don't know enough about him, to be honest with you. I I think I think there's a possibility there because the Giants, what they want to do with that that third defensive tackle, they want to they want a guy who's going to be stout against the run, physical and nasty, and be able to spell 
between the two guys, Williams and Dexter Lawrence, enough that a three defensive line rotation, three man rotation inside there yeah. is going to fortify it so that you can get maximum efficiency out of every guy. That gives you the better return on the investment on the big money you're going to end up spending on Dexter Lawrence and what you're spending on Leonard Williams too. No question. No question. And Onye Mata is on the other side of 30. So to me, when you think about him, this is a guy who might fit very well into that third defensive tackle rotation because I don't think on the other side of 30, he may be thinking of himself, you know, as a 60 snap a game guy. He probably thinks of himself as someone who may be better as a rotational player than a full-time starter. After all, with the Saints last year, he wasn't a full-time starter. He only played like 60% of the snaps. Right. So that's a guy I would keep an eye on. All right. Before we get out of here, the final position I want to ask you about and how you think the Giants approach this offseason, the cornerback position. Okay, Aaron Robinson will come back from injury. Who knows? I Like, honestly, who knows what Aaron Robinson is inside, outside? Do they end up getting rid of Darnay Holmes? Who knows? I I would like to see more out of Cordell Flott. I think if you want to preach building through the draft and you take a guy in the third round, and I know he's young and he didn't play a lot of snaps, but when he was getting on the field, I mean, by the end of the year, he was hanging with A.J. Brown. I wonder if that is somebody they plan on being a starting corner opposite of Adoree Jackson next year. Uh, do you think that this is a first-round pick, second-round pick, or do you think you know we find somebody in free agency here? How do you think the Giants address this cornerback position? I suspect that the value with the knee will probably have has the best chance of matching up for the Giants at 25 to take a corner. I kind of feel I am that. I am hoping that Deontay Banks out of Maryland is there. He had a good combine. People told me that he probably won't be, but if somehow he starts dropping down into the 20s, my palms are going to start to get sweaty. <laughs> because I really believe that Deontay Banks would be a tremendous value pick there. Remember, Dory Jackson has a voidable year on his deal in 2024. So this is probably going to be his last year as the Giants' number one corner. You don't know about Flott and Robinson's bouncing back from injuries. I love both of those guys. I think Robinson should be a starter in this league. And I was very convinced he was going to be their number two guy this year. More so than Flott? More so than Flott. I feel like I'm more excited for Flott, Paul. Oh, I'm more excited for Robinson because of his size. I like both players. But Flott is, is so wiry that I'm concerned about durability over the long term. Yeah, and being able to play and run. Right, being able to play and run protection. I, I'm going under the assumption they got to get him in the weight room this offseason, but I, I thought his coverage ability really, it impressed me, man. It really did. Oh, there's no question. He has cover skills and ball skills. Um, I just think that, especially with Wink Martindale, who likes bigger, more physical corners, I suspect that Robinson has a better shot at being the starter opposite Jackson this year, and Flott would be the guy who comes in either in a rotational basis a little bit, or maybe they they go with the hot hand, or maybe Flat beats Robinson out. Who knows? But both guys are coming off of injury, and that makes that situation a little suspect. And with Jackson getting ready to leave at the end of the season, I don't think I want to have Flat and Robinson as my opposite starting corners. I'd like to groom potentially a number one pick because it's a deep position this year. Yeah. You're going to get guys in the first three rounds who all have starting capabilities in this league. And I just, I'm a big Banks guy. And I just think he fits the mold of what Wink wants. If he's going to be in that neighborhood, if they can get him a 25, right now, today, 
that's where I would go if I were the Giants. I would not hate, and I know everybody's going to just blindly scream wide receiver in the first round. I would not hate corner in the first round, especially if the Giants address wide receiver elsewhere. And I guess next week we will be able to begin to tell that story and think what they're thinking ahead of the draft. I want everybody to remember, if you've listened to this, thank you so much. Remember, you can download, subscribe everywhere podcasts are available, including free on the Odyssey app. One giant step. No, it is not about NASA. No, it is not about landing on the moon. It is about New York Giants football. You hit subscribe. Paul Dettino and myself, Sean Morez, come with you once, twice a week. Uh, Producer James helps us out as well. Download that. We're in your face. We're ready to go. And you're going to want to be with us for the next two months at least. Forget about the season for a second because we have free agency and draft prep all the coming. Eventually, a schedule is going to come out. Me and Paul will have us going 17 and all. We'll play that whole game. So there's plenty of podcasts still to come here in the next couple months. Download, subscribe, anywhere podcasts are available. Paul, where can we get you on Twitter? At GiantsWFAN. And you can follow me at CBS. Take care, everyone.